Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm your host, Don Hibbert. And I'm Courtney Brons. This week and each week, we bring you conservation topics pertinent to Susquehanna County. So what are we talking about today, Courtney? Today we're going to talk a little bit about the eastern coyote. So the reason why we're going to talk about eastern coyote today is because we'll start out with a story. Uh, last weekend, I happened to be outside at night. And it just so happens that in my neighborhood, I heard some howls, some yelps, some cries, and automatically knew that it was the eastern coyote, but really didn't know much about it. Hence this episode. So let's start with uh, some, some other names that the eastern coyote goes by. So a lot of common names for the coyote are coy dog or brush wolf, northeastern coyote, new wolf. Um, what else can you think of, Don? I think I heard song dog before, new wolf. Um, yeah, so there, there's a bunch out there. And I think that at least in this area, a lot of people refer to them as, you know, just the average coyote or coy wolf or coy dog, uh, which some of them are correct and some of them aren't. We'll get into that a little bit. So where do they come from? So it's pretty much accepted now that they come from, from southern Ontario through hybridization between coyotes and eastern wolves or a subspecies of gray wolf. So the coyotes that you find here in the northeast are mostly 60 to 80 percent coyote, um, 8 to 25 percent wolf, and 8 to 11 percent dog. Yeah, I found a range map and it explained uh, just how the, the western coyotes traveled and they they actually moved north, and they went to the, the Canadian border uh, around there. At the same time, what was happening was the eastern wolf was, uh, for whatever reason, having trouble with his population. And so that's when the breeding occurred with the wolves. And then they expanded down in New York, um, say the New England area and then eventually down into Pennsylvania um, as they moved down into the lower half of northeastern United States. That's when they started to mix with the dogs, and their expansion along those frontal areas is where they they end up breeding with the dogs. So um, depending on where you are in the United States um, also shows how much of a mixture there is of wolves, and also how much of a mixture there is of dogs. But they're definitely all three. So, I think the coyote here in the east is quite larger than what you would find out west as well. The eastern adult males usually weigh 45 to 55 pounds on average. Females weigh anywhere from 35 to 40 pounds, whereas out west, most coyotes only weigh 25 to 30 pounds. Yeah, and that's versus the eastern wolves, which, you, you know, they're kind of comparable. Um, some of their genetic traits uh, move into the eastern coyote. Uh, the eastern wolves, 52 pounds for female eastern wolves and 60 pounds for the male eastern wolves. So you can kind of see where those traits get passed off because uh, our eastern coyote, you know, it, it's closer to those weights. Little fun fact the last gray wolf seen in Pennsylvania that was positively identified was in 1892 in Clearfield County, which is actually my home county, so that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's cool. 
Um, so as I mentioned um, last weekend when I was outside, I did hear the howl. My wife actually questioned me and asked, why do they howl? I couldn't really give a good answer. So I had to look it up, um, ended up finding that, uh, first of all, a lot of times they'll howl just to call their pack or their family group back together again. Uh, that way they can hunt. Second reason is that coyotes howl to advertise their presence to other packs. Uh, so basically just sending out a warning to those other family groups against trespassing across territorial boundaries. So they're just saying, hey, this is my area. Don't come here. So I think that's pretty interesting. They are pretty loud, that's for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. And they let you know you're, they're around. So. <laughs> it's kind of eerie. Most if you're out in the woods, like before daylight, hunting or whatever, and you hear them, it's really eerie feeling. Yeah, it's kind of got that iconic Western feel to it. And you yeah. watch the Western movies and they give out a good howl and somewhere in the movie. and So you can hear that same howl around here. Especially when you get a whole pack of them going. So how about the family group? Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I found that coyotes are monogamous. Um, in other words, they kind of, they don't necessarily mate for life, but they're with their with their pair for several years. Um, and the social unit centers around the mated pair and its offspring. So when I was talking about their howl earlier, um, they do tend to stick together as a family for quite a while. So litters are typically born from mid-April to early May, and the litter size can average anywhere from five to seven pups. The young coyotes kind of begin to disperse from the family group during October when they're about six months old. And a study done in Pennsylvania indicates that some juvenile coyotes disperse up to 100 miles, but it's more common that they stay within 30 to 50 miles of where they were born. That's quite a range, actually, 100 miles. Um, I didn't realize that they actually traveled that far. But I guess they want to get away and do their own thing, set out on their own life. Uh, as far as habitat's concerned, the coyote is adapted to a wide variety of habitats in Pennsylvania. Um, the animals can be found in heavily forested northeast areas uh, and the north-central regions of the state. What's happened over the last couple of years, though, is you'll, you'll find them in the cities. Uh, they're generalists, so they eat pretty much anything. Um, so they've adapted well to the streets of some of the bigger cities. And I think PBS even did a, uh, a show not too long ago, Meet the Koi Wolves or something like that. And it showed just how much they've adapted to life in the city. I can remember a couple different pictures of them kind of walking down the streets, uh, just doing their thing. So, um, yeah, some of the cities that they've been in, been seen in, New York City, Philadelphia, Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, Erie. Um, so they really made their way around the area. Yep. I think a lot of people view coyotes more as like a nuisance or kind of view them negatively due to the fact that they they do eat deer. And a lot of people, I think, commonly believe that they reduce deer populations, but they do play a very important ecological role um, in maintaining healthy ecosystems and species diversity. So they're the top carnivore in some ecosystems, and so they regulate the number of animals like skunks and raccoons, and which in turn that helps to boost biodiversity. 
They also help control disease transmission. They provide public health service by helping to control rodents, thus reducing the spread of rodent-borne zoonotic diseases such as plague and hantavirus. Yeah, definitely useful in the ecosystem. Then going back to the diet for a second, the study that I came across, um, one thing to mention is that plant material occurred in 50% of the scats. I think that was surprising to me. Um, Even though I mentioned that coyotes are a generalist, they they eat a lot of berries. They eat a lot of just, you know, grasses and whatever they can find. So it's not necessarily that they're preying on livestock. Uh, I think in the same study, when they did analyze the scat, they found no predation on sheep or chickens or goats or ducks, um, anything domestic. Um, That's not to say that it doesn't happen, but I don't think it happens as much as we think. So, It's also a really common myth that the Pennsylvania Game Commission or insurance companies stalked coyotes to regulate deer populations. It is not true. Yeah, I think that's a good place to stop. As, as Courtney mentioned, uh, they're, they're useful in ecological terms. Um, they help balance out the ecology and... I think that's the important thing to remember. Uh, We don't have a lot of top-shelf or apex predators in Pennsylvania, and they fill that role pretty well. So some good things to remember. I I definitely learned some things today that I didn't know before, and hopefully you did too. If you'd like to know more about today's episode, you can go online to www.suscondistrict.org and find past episodes and the information about past episodes. You can even find a comment form to fill in and ask questions. You've been listening to Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbard saying enjoy the outdoors.